Well, good morning, everyone. Again, both if you're here in the building in person and if you're watching from home, welcome to our all-age service, the first Sunday of the month. Between now and the summer, we're going to be doing a service like this with the idea to help you as the LCBC family see people that you might not have seen before. Uh, so far, our services have been with S Club, maybe some of the families have been coming to one, and some other people have been coming to this. So this is a good opportunity, although with masks over our faces, to see people that we might not have seen from our whole church family together. So do maybe give a little wave, make eye contact with some people, make them feel very welcome, and then maybe after the service, outside in um, social distancing measures, uh, do say hello in the proper manner. Um, But I think it's always good as we begin our service this morning, as we come uh, to meet with God, to take our eyes off what's going on around us, uh, to take our eyes off ourselves even in the situation that we're in, and to fix them on God. To fix them on Him, how great and wonderful He is. And hopefully we pray that that will stir our hearts to praise Him. As we should. So listen to these words. We're going to be in the book of Colossians this morning. And in the book of Colossians chapter 1, it gives a, an amazing portrayal of how amazing Jesus is. So I'm going to read these words to you. If it's helpful, maybe close your eyes. And as you listen, try and pick out as many things as possible that you hear that describe how good and how great Jesus is. And then I'm going to pray off the back of this. So listen to these words from Colossians chapter 1. No one has seen God, but Jesus is exactly like him. Jesus ranks higher than all the things that have been made. Through his power, all things were made. Things in heaven and on earth. Things seen and unseen. All powers, authorities, lords and rulers. All things were made through Jesus and for Jesus. Jesus was there before anything was made. And all things continue because of him. He is the head of the body, the church. Everything comes from him. And he is the first one who was raised from the dead. So, in all things, Jesus is most important. Lots of things to lift their eyes to how amazing Jesus is. Let's pray as we begin our service to thank God for some of those things. Father God, thank you that as we look at Jesus, we see you. We see what you're really like. You're powerful. You made everything. You keep everything going. You're in charge. You're the most important. Our only response is to praise you. So help us do that now. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to have our Bible reading now. Uh, Matilda Smith is going to come and give that to us. So if you have a Bible in the room or if you have a Bible at home, it'd be great if you got that open. It's going to be Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 to 6. So thank you, Matilda. Devote yourselves to prayer. Be watchful and thankful. And pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. 
Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Thank you, Matilda. Now, I wonder if anyone is in the middle of reading a good book. Can you give me a wave of hands if you're enjoying reading a good book at the moment? Okay, good. Now, it might be a romance. Anyone reading a romantic? No? A thriller? Action and adventure? A horror? Oh, I don't know. Right, but no matter what book you're reading, I wonder if anyone began reading their book like this. You caught the book and you opened it in the middle or near the end. And you said, this is how I'm going to get the most out of reading this book. I'm going to start here, in the middle or at the end. Did anyone read their book like that? No, of course you didn't. The best way to get the most out of a book is to go back to the beginning, to start from the beginning. Now, you might have noticed in Matilda's reading, it was from Colossians chapter 4. And Colossians chapter 4 is right towards the end. It's the last chapter of the book of Colossians. So for us to get the most out of Matilda's reading, it probably makes sense for us to go back to the beginning, doesn't it? To see what Colossians is all about so that we can get the most out of what we've just heard. So here we go. Here are the first two verses of the book of Colossians. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to God's holy people in Colossae the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. Can you have a look? Who is writing the book of Colossians? Can you see it? Can you see it? It's Paul. Paul is writing. And can you see who he's writing to? Yeah, not not that Paul, not your dad, Nathan. Another Paul, another Paul from the Bible. Can you see who he's writing to? It describes them as God's holy people. In other words, Christians. He's writing to a group of Christians living in Colossae. That would be in kind of modern day Turkey. You see that on the map there. There we are in the UK. And there is Turkey circled in the bottom right hand corner. Paul is writing to these Christians in modern day Turkey. But why? Why is he writing to them? He's got a reason. And here's what it says in Colossians 2 verse 6. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. You see what Paul wants these Christians in Colossae to do? They've trusted in Jesus as their savior, as their king. And he wants them to keep trusting him as their savior and their king. To continue loving and living Jesus. Not to move to the left. Not to get distracted by the right, but to continue loving and living Jesus. But the question is, how are they to do that? Particularly as they live in a world and they look around at the other people around them, no one else seems to be doing that. No one else in the world around them is loving Jesus or living for him. So how do they do it when no one else is? Well, that is what Colossians chapter 4 is all about. That's what we heard in the reading from Matilda. And Paul tells these Christians in modern day Turkey that to live for Jesus and love him in a world that doesn't, they should focus on three things. Jesus impacts their prayers. 
Jesus impacts their actions and Jesus impacts their words. Prayers, actions and words are the three things that they should focus on. And today and for the next two all age services, which are going to be the first uh, Sunday of the month, we're going to focus on those three things. Today, starting with prayer. But before we get into the nitty gritty of what prayer looks like, I thought it would be helpful to start with this question. There we have it. The verses, prayer, actions, words. Here's the question I want to start with. What is prayer? Right? Before we understand what it looks like, let's understand what it is. Now, can you turn your imaginations on? Turn them on. Imagine your best friend. Okay, have you got them in your mind's eye? Picture them. Can you see them? What do they look like? Are they there? Simon, are they in your head? Best friend. Good. Can you imagine what does being with that friend look like? What does being with that friend look like? Have you got it in your mind's eye? What does being with that friend look like? Does it look like this? There's me and Lise. We're not really talking that much. We're distracted on our phones. We've got, we're sitting back to back. Does being with your best friend look like that? No, of course it doesn't. Does it look a little bit more like this? Oh, there we are. At a wedding, we're laughing. We're enjoying each other's company. We're having a conversation. We're enjoying spending time together. Well, you see, I think thinking about prayer... It's helpful to understand what we've just thought about. Prayer is enjoying time talking to God. It's a helpful way to think about prayer. Enjoying time talking to God. And you see the Bible, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, brings that idea of prayer to our minds a lot. You think of the Psalms. David saying, I cried out to God for help. He's talking to God, asking him for help. And what does God do? He hears. In Psalm 66, I cried out. I speak to God with my mouth, with praise. And God listens and hears. In Psalm 145, the Lord is near to those who call on him, who who talk to him, who speak to him, spend time enjoying that relationship. And even Jesus himself, when he teaches his disciples to pray, says this in Luke 11. Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, (laughs) Talk to God. Enjoy spending time speaking to God. You see, with prayer, you can pray to God. You can talk to God about anything. You can talk to him anywhere. We don't have to impress him with big, fancy, long words. We just need to be real and honest. We can talk to him about our ups and downs, about our joys and pains. You see, the situation you might be in could be far from enjoyable. But there is joy to be found in talking to your Heavenly Father in prayer. And it's helpful to be reminded of that, of that, isn't it? However young we are, however old we are, however easy or hard we find prayer, however long we've been praying for, to know that talking to God, enjoying that experience, that privilege to speak to our Heavenly Father, is a gift for us to enjoy. So if that's what prayer is, enjoying time talking to God, what does prayer look like? 
Well, that's what we're going to be exploring in the second half of our service. But before we get there, we want to talk to God now. Join me now. Let's pray. We praise you, almighty God, for you are the creator of the heavens and the earth and all that is in them. You are a holy God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. You are a gracious God and a loving God, merciful and faithful. Lord, you are worthy of all of our praise and adoration. Father, thank you for the work of grace, for your work of grace in our lives. Thank you for rescuing us from our sin and blessing us with the gift of eternal life. Lord, we confess we have sinned this past week. Lord, you know our actions. You know our hearts. You know our thoughts. There is nothing hidden from you. Lord, when we have not acted aright, when our hearts have been led astray to trust in the things of this world instead of trusting in you, when we have desired the praise of men and sought glory for ourselves, Please forgive us, Lord. And Father, if there are things in our lives right now which do not honour you, make that clear to us and help us, Lord, to have victory over that sin through the power of Christ who is at work within us. And thank you, Lord, that we are found here this morning. Thank you that we can meet, that you meet with us here, both here and at home. Lord, we long to receive your blessing this morning. Lord, we have many needs as a fellowship and we long to see your hand of grace at work amongst us, that you would receive the glory. And thank you, Lord, for the financial gifts that we bring as part of our worship. Bless their use for the extension of your kingdom in this place and around the world. And Father, Bless Nathan now with the power and clarity of the Holy Spirit as he brings your word to us. Bless us, Lord, to hear you. And Father, we ask all these things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Grab a seat. There's our new action song. Hopefully you enjoyed that just to help you. Even though we can't sing, but maybe express your worship using uh, your body. So we've had a look at what is prayer. There we have it on the screen. Enjoying time talking to God. But now we're going to have a think about what does prayer actually look like? I want to introduce you to a friend of mine. He's called Harry the Hockey Player. Should we give him a round of applause? Harry the Hockey Player. Where are you, Harry? Oh, there he is. Harry, how you doing? Oh, look at him go around, Mark, dribbling up. Yes. Oh, well done, Harry. Yeah, good skills. Right, Harry. Nice to meet you, Harry. Good to see you. Now, Harry, you're definitely dressed for the occasion. I thought we were here at church, but no. What, tell us, what, you, what have you got on? Well, clearly, I've got my hockey kit on, right? The Marlow Red represent them. It's my hockey kit, got my shoes, got my stick. Got my glove, what? shin pads on, oh, yeah. protect my shins, everything. I need got my mouth guard here as well, just in case. All nice. the kind of protection I need. And wh- why have you got all that stuff on? Like, isn't it just a bit much? 
oh no, you need all of this to play hockey. Proper shoes, stick, you can't play hockey without a stick. Right. Shin pads protect, you've got to keep yourself safe when you're out on the pitch. Okay. So you need all these things. Right, so he's got all the gear. Now, to be a good hockey player on a Saturday, you train? Do you practice? Do I train? Oh, absolutely. Three sessions a week, two hours each week, each session, out on the pitch, running hard, playing lots of hockey, practicing all the skills. Now, Eve... Even when it's cold and wet, like I know in those winter months when it's cold outside, there's a bit of drizzle. You know, you've got to you've got to miss a session every now and then. No chance. Never missed a session. Never missed the hockey. And come rain or shine, hail, snow, anything, I'm always out there on the pitch. Even if no one else is there, I'm there, running hard, practicing my skills, getting those extra hours in. Fair play, Harry. Now, it, it must just be contained to those sessions, though. You know, you're training. Okay, you train three times a week, but just. For two hours, you know, is that it? Is that all the training you do? Absolutely not. You don't get peak physical condition just for two hours oh. out on the pitch. It's all about your nutrition. You've got to eat properly, so recovering lots of protein after getting lots of carbs the night before. You also got to spend a lot of time in the gym, lifting weights, squats, deadlifts, all of that. Keep yourself in peak physical condition. Sleep is that important? Oh, absolutely. Got to get my eight hours in every single night. Sleep is the best key to recovery. It's a good tip. Oh, there you know, we make go. sure you get your sleep. So no lions on a Sunday morning. No, no chance. No, oh, always there. First thing, get up, get ready. Okay, fair play. Um, but you must have some other hobbies, right? In terms of maybe you play other sports or you've got some other interests. Do you think I have time to do anything else? No, hockey is my number one priority. That's what I do all the time. Nothing else. No time for any other No, hobbies. No tiddlywinks, no, no stamp collection? No, no stamp collection. No, no come on. Hockey is the be-all and end. That's okay. my favourite. But, right, you probably be only doing this for a week or maybe a month max. You know, how, how long has this been going on for? I've been doing this ever since I can remember. Since I was just a wee boy, was there out on a hockey stick, out on a hockey pitch, playing, getting ready, performing well. Wow. Well, there's Harry, the hockey player. I wonder, as you look at Harry, there he is, what words would you use to describe him? Maybe turn in your couples or as a family, what words would you use to describe Harry? Maybe come up with one or two or three. Go on. Off you go. Have a chat. Handsome. No, handsome. Oh, I don't know Talented. about Talented. Yeah. What words would you use to describe Harry? Well, enough of you, Harry. Right. Have you got any words? Now, I wonder if your word was anything like my word. It might have been a similar word, but here's my word. Devoted. Right? Harry, the hockey player, is devoted to hockey. You know, we heard about it from all his words. And we we understand. Thanks, Harry. Off you go. We, We understand this word devotion, do we? In terms of Harry, devoted to sport, or it might be devoted to your job, or devoted to your family, devoted to your schoolwork, devoted to exam revisions for some of us at the moment. It's to, to be committed, right? To be consistent, to be focused, to be wholehearted, to never give up, right? We understand this idea of devotion. But in Colossians chapter 4 verse 2, which Matilda read to us earlier, Paul calls us to be devoted to prayer, to be committed, consistent, wholehearted, to never give up praying. Why? Why does Paul tell us to be devoted to prayer? Well, you see, our prayers are a sign of our trust. Let me say that again. Our prayers are a sign of our trust. 
Because you see, if you devote yourself to prayer, it shows, it's a sign that you are trusting who? God. But if you ignore prayer, it's a sign that you are trusting who? Yourself. You see that? Devoted to prayer equals trusting God. Ignoring prayer equals trusting self. Do you remember why Paul is writing this letter to the Colossian Christians in Turkey? He wants them to continue loving and living Jesus, even in a world that doesn't know him. If you ignore prayer, if the Christians in Colossae ignored prayer, it'd be as if they were saying, that's easy, Paul. (laughs) I've got this, no problem. I'm big, I'm strong, I'm clever, I can do that myself. But if they devote themselves to prayer, it's saying, that's really hard. I can't do that on my own. God is big. God is strong. God is clever. I'm going to trust him. Devote yourselves to prayer, says Paul. Be committed, consistent, wholehearted. Never give up doing what? Trusting God and not yourself. Be devoted to prayer. But I wonder what that might look like for us, for you this week. What does it look like to be devoted to prayer? Could it mean setting your alarm clock 10, 20, 30 minutes earlier in the morning to get up to start the day saying, I'm going to trust you, God, rather than myself today? Could it mean going to bed that little bit earlier so that you can get up that little bit earlier the next day to say that same prayer? Could it mean time praying without distraction to turn your phone off and spend time praying until you really pray, trusting God for that day? Could it be time as a couple or as a family? A set aside time each day, maybe over a meal, to say a short prayer, thanking God and asking him to be the one that you trust. Could it be not giving up praying for that loved one that you'd love to come to know Jesus? To keep going, to be persistent and consistent, trusting God for that too? What could it look like for you this week to be devoted to prayer? Not because you feel guilty that you have to pray. Because you know and understand that you need God's help. And so you ask for it. So there's the first thing. What does it look like to pray? Paul says it looks like devotion. Be devoted to prayer. But the second thing it looks like is watchful. Be watchful in your prayers. Now I wonder how good you are at that. How good you are at being watchful. I'm going to test how good you are at watching. Okay, we're going to have a video on the screen. And it gives you a little task to watch how many basketball passes are made by a team in white. So see if you can watch carefully and see if you can get the right answer. Here we go. Watch the screen. Oh, who missed it? Who missed the gorilla? Right? Not as good as you thought you were, maybe, watching out. And did you see the slogan at the end there? It's easy to miss something that you're not looking for, right? Paul calls us to be watchful in our prayers, to be alert, to be on guard, to be sharp, to see what's going on. He calls us, right, to put on our prayer glasses so that we see things clearly so that we don't miss what's going on. 
But what are we to be watchful for? You know, it says there, it's easy to miss what you're not looking out for. What should we be looking out for? What should we be watchful for in our prayers? Well, the first thing is we should watch ourselves, shouldn't we? Can you remember the first thing that Paul says about what prayer should look like? Can anyone remember? You've probably forgotten already, haven't you? (laughs) Devoted. Did you remember that? Devoted to prayer. See how easy we forget? Even something we said a few minutes ago. We've got to be watchful of ourselves. Because it's so easy, isn't it, for us to forget. For prayer to slip down the priority list. Oh yeah, we should be devoted, we should be devoted. Oh, I forgot again. A devoted, devoted, I forgot again. It's so easy to let prayer slip, to trust in God, letting that slip, and we slip into trusting ourselves. So Paul says, watch yourself, know yourself, know that you find it really hard. Know that you say, I want to pray, I find it hard to pray, help me pray God, and to pray that prayer every single day. Watch yourself, but also watch God. Keep your eyes with your prayer glasses on God. Look out for what he's doing, where he's guiding you, how he's answering your prayers. Keep a close eye on God in your prayers. What does that look like? Well, I guess first it means slowing down, right? Slowing down, taking time to see what is God doing? How is he answering my prayers? It could be that we write down our prayers. We make a journal or a diary. What am I praying for? And then we write down, how is God answering those things? What is he doing? And it maybe looks like sharing, talking with other people, having conversations, sharing how God has been at work in your life. That helps us be watchful and aware of what God is up to. So what does prayer look like? It looks like being devoted. It looks like being watchful, getting our prayer glasses on. And finally, it looks like being thankful. Devote yourselves to prayer, says Paul, being watchful and thankful. Now, here's an easy question. Put your hands up if you can say the words, thank you. I think everyone's hands should be up. Can you say the words, thank you? Right, right, easy. But here's another one. Put your hands up, or keep your hands up, if you can say the word thank you in another language. Ooh, oh, right, yeah, people think they're pretty good. Right, let's test that out. What language are these thank yous in? Turn to the people next to you as a couple, as an individual. Can you get all five? What language are these thank yous in? Hmm, let's see if you can get five out of five. Some of them are easy, some of them are trickier. What language are these thank yous in? Hmm. Claire Bean knows them. No? Right, let's go through the answers. The first one, French. Right, did you get that? French. Merci. Gracias. Oh, Spanish, very good. Danke. German. Spasiba. Russian. Arigato. Japanese. Whoa, very good. Well done. Yeah, Japan at the back. Very good. Now, it's easy, isn't it, to, to, we all had our hands up. It's easy to say the words thank you, isn't it? Just to say the words. And it's easy even to learn how to say the words thank you in a different language. But the words thank you just by themselves are just words. They're, they're empty. They're meaningless if they're just words. Paul says not that we're to be not that we're to say the words thank thank you, but that we are to be thankful. 
Right? Not just saying the words thank you, but we are to be full of thanks. Like this cup, overflowing with water. We are to be overflowing with thanks. Colossians 4, chapter 2, says, Devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. As we devote ourselves to prayer, trusting God, not ourselves, as we watch what God is doing in our prayers and we guard ourselves, watch our own hearts, it leads to praise. It leads to this overflowing of thankfulness. Not empty and meaningless thank you words, but real and genuine praise from our hearts. We thank God for who he is. Our king, our rock, our friend, that he is powerful, loving and faithful. We thank God for what he's given. Our friends, our family, our health, our house, his help, his protection and even his son, Jesus Christ. So what might that look like for you this morning, right now, and this week to pray giving thanks? Well, on your seats as you came in, you probably saw lollipop sticks and a pen. And here's something I'd like you to maybe take away and use this week. Could you take a lollipop stick and write on one side of it something that you're thankful about who God is? Something about his character. Something about what he is like. Write something down, a word or a phrase. And on the other side, write down something that you're thankful for what God has given you. Something physical or practical. Or even something about Jesus and his son as a gift of salvation. And then you've got a lollipop stick with two thank you. And then each day, you have them maybe in a little cup. You fill them all out. And you take one. You look at it. You read it. And as a family or as a couple or as an individual, you say a thank you prayer to start the day or at a mealtime or before you go to bed at night. Thanking God for who he is and what he has given you. Could you do that? As a bit of a trial run, why don't you do that now? Choose three. Take three lollipop sticks and fill them out as a couple. Right on one side, something you're thankful about who God is. On the other side, thank thank you for what God has given. Write out three. You can fill the rest at home later, but write out three and then spend some time praying. Giving thanks to God for those two things. I'm going to give you a few minutes to do that. And then we're going to finish by singing a few songs. Could that be something that you use use this week? Thank you that you always keep your promises. Thank you for our church family. Thank you for your unconditional love. Thank you for a garden to have friends in. Things to give thanks for who God is, for what God has given. Take one out each day. Pick it out of the pot and pray. Giving thanks to God. If you're at home, come to church if you want this week and I'll give you some lollipop sticks to use. I've got plenty. We're going to finish our time uh, singing. Singing praise to God. Again, the first one's going to be an action song that speaks of Jesus being strong and kind. Again, it's not too energetic, but it helps us just lift our eyes again to Jesus. And all the good things he has given us and done for us. And then we're going to sing our final song, which is what a friend we have in Jesus which again encourages us to bring things to God in prayer, to be devoted to him. So let's stand in the building. Uh, let's sing along at home these two songs. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Hopefully you found that a blessing. And do pray today. 
you know, don't just take these words that we've said and let them remain in your mind, but Lord, let them affect your lips and your hands and your feet and let them live out as you love Jesus today. So spend some time, set some time aside to bring whatever is issues or cares or needs or joys to God in prayer today. What a friend we have. So let's speak to him. Let's enjoy time talking to God in prayer today. Join us at five o'clock for prayer as well, where Neil will be joining us. What a great opportunity that is. And even this week on Wednesday and Thursday, other opportunities to join together as a church family to pray. And even now, could you invite someone round to go for a little walk or in the garden for a tea and a coffee to, to share fellowship together and pray together? Uh, have a look out, maybe catch someone's eye. Uh, and go for it and invite someone around after the service. But let me finish uh, our time together in prayer. Uh, so let's pray. Uh, Father God, thank you for giving us the gift of prayer. Time talking to our Father in heaven. What a privilege. Lord, help us today and this week to be devoted to trust in God, not ourselves. To be watchful, to watch ourselves, to know our weakness. And to watch you, to see what you're doing, how you're answering, how you're working in this world and in our lives. And to be thankful for who you are and for what you have given. And Lord, most of all, we thank you for your, for your son, Jesus Christ. And the amazing gift of salvation that is, that enables all this to be possible. So Father God, we pray all these things in Jesus' precious, precious name. Amen. Amen, amen. Have a great rest of your day and see you soon.